What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking With Tuesday, and I got my good friend Greg Hamill here. What's going on? Hey, how, how you doing, everyone? Hey. So uh, I've always wanted to have you on my podcast. We've been trying to do this for a while, and I'm glad you finally got to do it. So you're one of my favorite people to talk to, so well, I thought it'd be awesome. I like to talk, and you know, let's I love interesting conversation and interesting topics. Yeah. Yeah, it's always. So um, I did want to talk to you about uh, <laughs> um, one thing, though, because I was tell telling you earlier, it's like sometimes I have things prepared. But um, mm -hmm. I actually wanted to talk to you about uh, this. Have you been paying attention to um, the what happened to Trump? I know they raided his house. Yeah. And they found a lot of documents in his basement. Yeah. So what are these are classified documents, right? I mean, for wh what do you think they're for? I don't know if they've. Uh, publicly said what they are yet or if you've been following it at well, all. I, I just thought it was interesting because it's like, oh, there he's going down. He's finally going down. <laughs> and what the funny part was is my dad, he's uh, he's into Trump. And, you know, you always wait for that one thing that Trump's going to do that's real fucked up that you could <laughs> finally point to and say, well, wha what do you say now? And January then, 6th and they'll still enough, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> and they still, my dad will say, I told him about it, and my dad's like, yeah, the Biden administration is taking advantage of their position. <laughs> he still couldn't, well, you know. I was watching uh, Meet the Press this morning, and they were talking about it. And uh, the question of can a president classify and declassify documents? Uh -huh. And apparently he can, but he's got to go through certain channels, which he didn't do. Even when he's not, I like, president currently. You could still do that. Well, as as a no, as a sitting president, he has to do it then, mm -hmm. declassify it then. He can't take all that stuff and then say, you know, get out of office and then say, oh, I've declassified it. Mm. You have to actually yeah. declassify it while you're. But in you could office. still, but you could still keep it. You just can't declassify it when you're not in well, office. Well, I don't know that he can even keep it. Mm. You know, he's got you know, thousands of documents that. They're not supposed to have. They're supposed to go to the presidential archives, mm -hmm. and that goes into a, a presidential library, and where it's housed and and stored and guarded, so that you know terrorists don't get nuclear secrets. Right. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but uh, you know, what the hell is he doing with all that? I don't know. It's like it's like it's scary. I mean, he people have always said he's scary and this and that and the other thing. And nothing's ever really scared me about him, but just made me chuckle and like whatever rolled my eyes to. But this is kind of a little weird. This is a little different. I'm like, OK, what are you doing with classified documents? I mean, what are your motives here? I mean, it, it just it doesn't seem like he's this Hitler that everyone perceives him to be, but he's not a good guy either. I mean, he's not a great guy either. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's like he's he's not a he he hasn't progressed to be a tyrant, right? Yeah, but not yet. He's, he's <laughs> Let's hope not. But I don't. I just don't see it in him. You know, I think he's just business guy, and he likes to make commotion. Likes to make commotion for sure. Yeah. Well, he's taken the fifth on. Four hundred and forty questions. He's. I I read something about that. Yeah, he uh, pleaded the fifth. I so plead the fifth. Yeah. I plead the fifth. That's which what I do? I plead the fifth. Which <laughs> you know, as an American, you're entitled to. 
and mm-hmm. you know, my my advice for any American is never talk to the police and always invoke your right to remain silent. Right. Always. Yeah. Because they anything you say can and will be used against you. Sure. And so I mean they're not in court yet, right? So doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're in court or at at any point in time. If a cop pulls you over on the street, anything you say to him, he's going to use as evidence against you. Yeah. I mean, well, so let's just say on the street, you know, the cop has you in handcuffs and and you, you know, he's asking you questions and you plead the fifth there. How much have you had to drink, sir? Right. I plead the fifth. <laughs> I haven't had anything to drink, sir. <laughs> oh, you, you, there's, yeah, there's, don't answer questions. Right. Be polite. For sure, be sure, polite. Sure, sure. You be always respectful. be polite. But like, let's but, just but say. But tell the cop, uh, I'm sorry, sir, I can't answer that question. And he'll look at you and say, why not? Because my attorney advised me to always invoke my right to remain silent. Mm. So that's the way you say it, the, yeah. the words you choose. If you yeah. sound very. Be respectful. Don't, what? Don't, don't be a dick and just. I plead the fifth. Yeah, and, and ignore <laughs> him. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> just just tell him that yeah. you're, you're invoking your. Sanction. Oh, that that would make the world a difference for sure, and that would make the interaction with the cop, because mm-hmm. that that neutralizes him. Yeah, and and he'll stop asking questions or move on to the next stop. Yeah, because the second you see somebody with a slight bit of attitude, it could go south quick. They don't know it what they're dealing does. with all kinds of crazy people. Yeah. So, yeah, you want to make your interaction with a policeman as short as possible, and by being respectful and. Getting to the point, mm-hmm. get you through that situation. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what I found out, and it works. Because I used to, you know, when I was a little rebel kid, you know, listen to punk rock, or, you know, big mohawk, thinking, you know, fuck the system, fuck these police. I sometimes I give them a little attitude, and I get older, and I'm just like, no, it's like that's a little, that's silly, you know. Yeah, fuck the police till someone's in the doorway with a gun. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, where are they now? <laughs> Damn it. For sure. I shouldn't have been in that band singing all cops are bastards. Well, yeah. I don't think they're all bastards. I think that no. most of them are good. Most, yeah. most of them are, are really there to protect and serve. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, it's just uh, this stigma that, that's been put on them. You know, it's like cool to hate the police. You know what I mean? It's like, there's kids in school who hate the police and I don't even know why. <laughs> They're like, oh, all the other kids hate it, so. Well, a lot of uh, inner city kids witness cops coming in and rousing people and, you know, taking people away in handcuffs for no reason. Yeah. And uh, then they, then they give them a reason to hate them just to see that. Well, there's an inherent distrust from a young age. Mm-hmm. And then as they get older and they, now they are the target because they, there's a, that distrust turns to hatred, and mm-hmm. sometimes cops get shot because of that. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's like it's crazy how, like, my views on things change as I get older. Like, from going to this crazy, like, punk kid who hates everything, and I don't even know why I was mad. <laughs> like, I was saying, like, the kids don't even know why they're angry. But... Now I get older and I realize a lot of different things and it's it's very complicated, you know. Well things things are very complicated, not just black and white. And well, it is complicated, and it's 
amazing how things are connected. Like everything we've talked about now, I feel, is connected to the war on drugs mm. and the criminalization of those drugs. Because with that criminalization, it gives the cops authority to go in there and start arousing people and looking for those drugs. Mm-hmm. If drugs were not illegal or if dr- drugs were decriminalized, mm-hmm. at least, right? Then they don't have a reason to go in there. They yeah. Their incentive, what are they going to go in and write a ticket? Oh, you got cocaine on you? Here's, here's a ticket. Mm-hmm. No, you got cocaine on you. We just made $100,000 in profit. Yeah, by, that's how they see by, it. By they look at it at numbers almost. Sure, sure. Because there's going to be fines, legal attorneys, then incarceration. Someone's got to pay for all that. And, we're mm. gonna, and, and unfortunately, the whole prison system is privatized. The whole is it all private or is there there's some that aren't? Uh, I don't know exactly what. They're mostly private. Most, mostly private. If yeah. if if not all, like so yeah. they make money on it, and uh, it's it, it it just is a a huge scam, mm-hmm. and it's a a big denial of freedom. And I I believe in the Constitution. I believe in the First Amendment, and uh, I believe that we have the the right to. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Right. And as long as we're not impacting uh, anybody else, we should have that. Yeah. You're making your own decisions on on your behalf. And I don't, I mean, who else? I mean, it's not hurting anybody else, but like, you know, maybe, you know, one of your your girlfriends is like, you know, don't smoke weed, don't smoke crack. That'll hurt them, but it's not like, you know, infringing on any rights. Yeah. It's freedom. You know, you have the freedom to drink that glass of booze mm-hmm. but i don't have the freedom to smoke this joint right which is way less harmful it's free nobody's died yeah it's <laughs> it's it's about freedom yeah and that's just my yeah mind. yeah i think it definitely they should drugs should be legal for sure i mean it, it seems like Not the war will be criminalized I you think know it at least should be like y- so you don't think like like there should be like there's weed stores, weed dispensaries. Mm-hmm. There should be places like that for psilocybin, or places like that for cocaine. Or do you think it all should be in a Seven Eleven? Do you do you think it should just be just decriminalized? How how would you? I think that like they it? should all be decriminalized. I don't think anybody should be going to prison. Right. For doing heroin. Right. Right. You know, if if you want to do heroin and you want to nod off and in the corner and you know, not get them out. help. You know. I think get them help. That's there the should way to be go. There should be a, a harm reduction attitude. Instead uh, of a punishment attitude. Instead of a, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if they had programs where people could go and get those hard drugs, I think that psilocybin, marijuana, I don't, I don't know about LSD, should be available at a dispensary. Mm-hmm. Um, but you should have to have a card. You should have to go through a basic training mm-hmm. of how to use those drugs, right? what to do, what not to do. And then if you want to make an informed decision at that point, now that you've been educated, mm-hmm. not going to Yeah, out. 100%. And that's but freedom. And that's freedom. But yeah. I have personally seen the harms from methamphetamine use, cocaine use, and heroin. Oh, so yeah. And those drugs all cause mental illness. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't think it's. There's no place in it in society for it, basically. No, I think that there is. I think it should be uh, rescheduled. I think it should be manufactured. Should have it. It should be manufactured with clean, pure standards, Mm -hmm. and then available through a clinic, like they have in Switzerland. uh, Like they have in Switzerland, um, where users go to the clinic, they get their daily dose, and it's provided to them free from the government, and it's pure, and they get their dose, they go about their day. Just like methadone clinics or whatever? Probably something like that. Yeah. But it's fairly successful, and uh, I think that there's a lot of pieces in motion to to bring safe injection sites to America. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of oppositions with it. Right. Yeah, because it's so demonized. But that would get the drug supply pure that way people aren't dying right because all of this fentanyl thing is out of control it's a big problem it's a big problem so that would be one thing that would that be would, that solved. would resolve that exactly um do we care about people or not right you know i do i think that i uh, think most people do but the but the things that happen seems like people don't you know Otherwise, like, why aren't we fixing it? Why aren't we doing that? But I think it's just the pushback from the public. There's also just the look of decriminalizing all, you know, drugs. It just seems like, what? Yeah, I have these conversations a lot with people. Yeah. And the attitude is still with most people that I talk to. Um, Criminalize them, you know. the, 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 The drug laws are okay. And when I start explaining how they're harmful, they look at me, oh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and if we did this to resolve that, we would, you know, if, if we had yeah, if you safe injection sites, if we did decriminalize and we had, we take away the incentive for people to have to go out and steal and rob mm-hmm. to, to get their fix because it's free. Yeah. Then it's like a domino effect to solving multiple problems w- when you start explaining it to people. No, it's it like almost seems logical. That's like uh, that people don't take the time to really understand the problem or understand solutions, I guess. But it all comes back to how everything's connected. Right. How everything's connected is, you know. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah I, would, I would go to... Um, one of these dispensaries around here. There's a place called the Marijuana Factory. I go there some most of the time. You ever stand but in those? But I don't. Huh? Ever see those grow rooms? Yeah, there's a a grow. You ever heard of Coast to Coast? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they have a a, a view window. Yeah. And I stand there. Every time I'm, st- I'm in that <laughs> dispensary, I just stand there and stare at the buds. Yeah, I see those too. They're they're, they're quite magical. Yeah. Right. They ha- yeah they house their own strains there and. They have ayahuasca farm awesome. in uh, Hawaii. Coast to coast? No, no, no. There's an ayahuasca farm in Hawaii. Oh, in Hawaii. Okay. And um, I just imagine what that looks like mm. growing with all those vines. and. Yeah, because uh, that's the only one of the only climates in America that you can grow ayahuasca, right? Well, I heard, uh, I heard a podcast um, with uh, Rick Strassman, and he was talking Florida. Florida, Florida might have the the good climate for for growing um, some types of psychedelic plants. Mm-hmm. And 
Florida. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what is Florida going to do with ayahuasca? They're going to use it all wrong. <laughs> no, they're going to make billions of dollars because yeah. the demand for ayahuasca is so high that we need some sustainable yeah, sources. Yeah, wh why wouldn't pharmaceuticals jump on that like cuz they can't they can't patent it. You can't patent the ayahuasca line. Is it because the federal will stop them? The federal government no, will say no? It, it exists in nature. It's like you can't, you can't, unless you change its DNA and make it a new strain, mm. and make it a, muta a mutated strain, I guess. Yeah, like uh, one molecule different. Yeah, something. And, and people are doing that with psilocybin. Have you heard of, is it uh, Crossroads? Something Crossroads? that um, they're, they're being sued right now because they applied for a patent. What's Crossroads? It's a, um, it's a uh, pharmaceutical company that, I'm sorry, I don't have the, the details, but they're being sued oh. for, uh, they, they applied for a patent and they were granted a patent and then these other people are challenging the patent, saying that this is not a novel uh, substance. It's something that already exists in nature, and yeah, and, and we'll see. Right. They haven't decided on it yet. Is this kind of like a the same kind of thing when like they try to like uh, what's that one company, uh, Monsanto? Monsanto. They like try to like same. Yeah. They, they well they successfully did that. They modified corn. They modified corn, tomatoes. Yeah. They modified probably even cotton. Just, just they have stamp their it. This is ours. <laughs> well, that's and it and it legitimately is. Yeah, it legitimately is. And then they have the right to sell that product to whoever wants to buy it. Mm -hmm. So that's what they're trying to do with this over. Yeah. Next whatever. They'll they'll modify it genetically mm. and claim that it's a new item, new uh, a new discovery, and then try to market it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't see what's anything wrong with if you want to make money off of it and then also get it to people because they want it and it helps people. Well, I don't necessarily like think it it's, is it's like a win-win, right? I don't think it's a bad thing to, to have a modified product. It's just like strains of wheat. Right. You know, you want Monsanto's strain. You want uh, Brand X's mm -hmm. strain. You want this strain. They've done a great job with what they, you know, their stuff is really good. Mm -hmm. Try that stuff out. Yeah. You know, I see that as open to innovation to some level. You know, it's a great, you know, what is it, Scott? Who knows? Is it, as long as it's not, it, it, as long as it uh, doesn't create a ripple effect of um, adverse health effects. Mm. You know, I don't want them to take a mushroom that is non-toxic and is, is pure now and has no negative health effects to something that would have some kind of mm -hmm. you know, because they've modified its genetic structure now it's right you know, now it now it causes some kind of oh problem. god yeah and they would probably just throw that out into the market and then then there then psilocybin really would be demonized after that something horrible went wrong sure then it put a whole stop onto that because it would, it whole would reflect on the whole thing yeah you know, people are dying of mushrooms right well not these mushrooms those mushrooms yeah and how do you argue that like uh, just throw the whole thing away yeah like, that's what they're gonna try to do for sure
Yeah, that's that would suck. <laughs> that would, because I would I would like to see uh, you know psilocybin in the same category as marijuana, in that you know uh, they make psilocybin chocolate bars. You ever see those? There's Actually, like I have. There's chocolate bars yes. and there's companies and yes. you know little squares and and they dose it correctly. You know you know what you're getting and but I mean it's kind of like at the beginning stages, kind of like what weed was. I've never tried them. Um, my friend told me about uh, some of those, mm-hmm. and um, it it concerns me on the same level as pot edibles. Right. Like That's what we in the beginning stages. Yeah. Like I was saying, there's this hundred milligram pot edible doesn't do anything to me, but to you, hundred milligram might just send you to left field. Right. And you might be stuck out there for well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for for a good seven eight hours. Yeah. And 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 cursing me for giving you that hundred milligram, but right. it doesn't do anything to me. And you know, you, you got to kind of find your dose. Right. I think that's a big thing is dosage. Personally, I, I like the pure product. I know exactly what I'm getting. You know, when I look at the mushroom before I crush it up, I know that that's, a, that's all I'm eating mm-hmm. is, that, is that mushroom. Yeah. And I can tell if it's been, if there's any substances on it or anything, I can see it. And, uh, you know, but who's, who's, who's doing anything to mushrooms? Nobody's doing anything to mushrooms. Mm-hmm. You can't put fentanyl in mushrooms. No, that's one thing. Yeah, I'm never worried about with that. Yeah, <laughs> who who would do that? Right. They'd just be crazy <laughs> if they were doing that. It's not cost effective, first of all. <laughs> to put $20 worth of fentanyl onto a mushroom that you only make $2 on. Yeah. <laughs> who would do that? <laughs> Give me so good. I'll just stick with the mushroom. Yeah. So, but, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I think... When I see those chocolate bars, it, it looks fun. It looks like, okay, someone's taking it serious a little bit. I like that. I like it's. I can see the beginning stages. Like, I've I've, uh, I've seen the beginning stages with weed and dispensaries. Like, when I was younger, you know, there would be no tax. You'd go in there and get free gift bags. And it was a whole different thing. It was actually fun. Yeah. But I don't like dispensaries nowadays. <laughs> they, like, tax way too much. I agree on the tax. It helps. Tax definitely does help, ev- like the state, but the uh, cost it's of freedom, a, man. a lot. It's cost it's of freedom. A lot. That's that's what made it legal. That's how. That's why the state got behind it. Mm-hmm. Because they so they capitalize on it, and it's like hey, th- they'll do that with with mushrooms too. I think. If I gotta, if I gotta pay a little bit of money to maintain that freedom. Hey, I still go. <laughs> I still go I'll, to the I'll, store. I'll pay whatever it costs because yeah. I want the freedom. Yeah. And you know, the cost of freedom. Unfortunately, that 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 is what it is. But you look at those costs, and what does those costs go to? You know, those those taxes that. Where do they go to? <laughs> well, they go they go to the general fund, and uh, they they grant programs to for education. Yeah. I've never seen one of those programs as a user. You know, you don't you don't go you're to like the you don't go to the dispensary and see a Where's thing on the program? wall while you're waiting in line to to get in. They should have these these billboards on the wall that that this tell is what about we've done. This is this is what we know. This is this yeah. is the product. This is the this is where your money's going. Yeah, so that you know you can you know have a QR code that you could scan and you can open up the pages and, and right read, read an article about it. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, but 
that'll make a world of difference that w- if if that was happening a lot more often yeah. if we like would see i mean we Talk could see the, the health ro- effects we could one day drive down the road and go oh, they finally fixed the road and, like you could see it there yeah. but that you know it would be a lot cooler to see like what you said like things more of that just like you see what what's happening with your mind because so, so it's like you feel a little more good feel a little more comfortable about it exactly you know no what instead of like what where the fuck's my money going? Just going to some politicians, right? And slush fund. <laughs> but uh, no one should be going to jail for it. No. And uh, you know that uh, girl that went over to Russia. She's a right. What's her name? The ba- the fa- basketball player. Yeah. Nine years, huh? Yeah. Mm. Nine years for being stupid. For bringing. Yeah. Why would a you even? Go to Russia to begin with. <laughs> well, but but to is that where she went, right? Russia, yeah. yeah. But but to bring any kind of drug, I mean, I w- that's just that's just no. I mean, there's people sitting in prison in the United States for doing the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, you know, a CBD pen, but it was CBD, right? It wasn't yeah. even THC. Yeah, but Man. it's still it's a cannabis product. I guess so. And that's how they looked at it. I'm sure that there are people that before uh, Washington and Colorado legalized Mm -hmm. that are sitting in prison now for violations then that are legal now. Mm. They're still in there. Yeah, and they're still in there. And the shit's legal now. People are making money on them. It's business as usual in the outside world. Yet they are still in prison for something that they did before it became it w- so how do they justify that do they say well the you were sentenced during the time that this law was like this they d- well the sentence should be commuted right but is that how they look at it like sorry we're we're well, looking you, you y- still got eight years left in your sentence mister we don't care that it's legal now you still got eight years left in your sentence. yeah because they're probably looking at it like all right. Well, you got arrested in this year, and then in that year, that's what the law was. So mm-hmm. you're finishing your time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. But it should be commuted. Yeah. Those people. You think so? Those people should be let out. But but like you're saying, the more people they have in there, the more money they're making. That's right. And that's and there's a lot of people. If there were some bill to do that, you want to let these people out. Who do you think is going to fight it? Prison guard unions. Mm. No way. We got to keep those people locked up. We g- if you let those people out, we're going to have to lay off guys. Oh, yeah. Because there's not going to be so no yeah, prisoners. So, yeah, they fight for that. Yeah. We don't want to lay off people. We want to keep um, We want to keep our uh, attendance maximum. And that's the problem because they're private. Mm-hmm. It turns into a business. That's right. Money that's no good. <laughs> yeah. it's but it's that's what moves this whole freaking thing. It's the way the money. machine works. Exactly. Like but man. you want to you want to keep it in somewhat some balance there. Yeah. You know, I don't want to f- keep people locked up for. Bullshit. Yeah. When it comes to human life and human freedom, that's like you're stepping over the line a little bit yeah. for for money. Yeah, I'm definitely on the side of freedom over security. You know, who was it? Franklin said, "Every man who uh, trades security for freedom deserves neither." Mm. <laughs> Franklin, uh, Benjamin, Franklin. Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. 
$100 bill. Yep. One of our founding fathers, Wiseman, I guess. A man of a thousand quotes or a hundred quotes, so they put him on a hundred dollar yeah, bill. Well, we say that <laughs> we say that two hundred years later, but what was he really at the time? How did people really feel about guys like Franklin and Jefferson and John Adams in their, you know, in their society? You know, I often thought about you know what was the attitude of the people through the Revolutionary War? Did they really want freedom? Or were these hmm. people fighting to for independence? I'm sure I'm sure that there were some people that were um, happy with the uh, the king's protection because other countries weren't attacking the colonies because right. they were part of England. They were part, they were England's property. Mm -hmm. So France isn't going up there and attacking them and trying to take over. But once the American Revolution happened and England was out. That made us very vulnerable. As an average citizen, now you're sitting there thinking, holy shit, we're sitting ducks out here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're sitting ducks to anybody. So I, I, can, well, I can see why people would want security over freedom, well just because they were so scared. But at that point, we were, um, we were used to fighting. And if anybody wanted to come over, I guess they would fight. Just fought off the English, yeah, for a while until 1812, <laughs> and then we would fight them again and lose bitterly. But it it still is part of our foundation. But I I just wondered what the average Joe thought of when oh okay when, everything, when everything was going down. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean. It's like the times we live in today are so peaceful compared to those times, like times of war. There's war all the time back then. Was it distrust it's of, just the, like of it's the scary, I would imagine. at that point? I mean, we have a lot of distrust now because we have I a think lot of yeah. reason to have a lot of distrust. We've seen, you know, guys like Nixon and Reagan. And, you know, well, <laughs> I take that back. I think there was probably more trust into politicians back then than there is now because there's a lot more like we see a lot more corruption now than back then there was no like media there was no real like journalism well, i guess there was journalism but there was like you know what i mean it's like they they don't really know much they just m so th i think they had more belief in that politician cuz there was like yeah what does not farmer much in not iowa know about what's going on in philadelphia right. or in you know now district washington yeah yeah, I could just see them believing more, opposed to now. I think there's a lot more distrust now, for sure. But is that a good thing? You know, like, does it eventually sure. lead to a point where we realize a lot of things and then changes start happening? Yeah, sure creates a state of anxiety, though. Yeah. Anxiety in, in the culture. Just and there's a lot more anxiety because it's, Culture nowadays is a lot more softer and peaceful. There's not really crazy, we crazy war like there was back then. Yeah, it's we've had a lot of years of uh, prosperity, and, and um, you know, it has. I, I think it's definitely made us a, a softer society. A more comfortable. Yeah. 
So if like something really bad happens, we're just like just too baffled to you know fathom it you know yeah if, if, if we had russians coming over our borders oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like to see you can't even imagine it if, if suddenly you know mexico decided to invade yeah it just doesn't seem like people would like it would Arkansas ever happen would be <laughs> they would, they would <laughs> well actually you know i i, I was just kind of you know making fun of it but Mexico decided to invade. I think Texas. Oh, they're all New armed. Mexico, Arizona. They're armed to the teeth over gonna, there. They're going to say, Look, bring it on. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I shouldn't make fun of the southern states when it comes to their weapons. Yeah. Um, you know. and, and, you know, thank God. I'm, I'm glad that we're an armed society. Yeah. You know, it makes, makes other countries not want to come over here. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. That's that's definitely a factor. I think you have to. It's like if the other world powers are armed to the teeth, you gotta you gotta be too. Otherwise, you're sitting ducks. I mean, like you can't just be taken over. But you also don't want to be a, a you know um, a country that is also a bully and attacks either. You know, you want to balance sure, that. For sure. And and I see not so much lately, but. I've seen the United States as that bully. Mm-hmm. I've seen us go around the world and and do things like force democracy on people. I don't think that we should, to be honest. I mean, well, the drug laws started it. You know, we went around and told everybody, fo- observe our drug laws, or we aren't going to give you any foreign aid. And they be- and people gave in. And they they yeah. They, and it it all started with Nixon and the whole Controlled Substance Act of 1970. He's the one, God damn it. Yeah. That's the wrong part. <laughs> Is that that guy? But you got to look at the times. You know, yeah. he was dealing with revolution. He was dealing with these Vietnam protests. He was dealing with the civil rights protests. He was dealing with a potential revolution. Mm-hmm. And um, Reagan was the governor at the time. And they had to do something. People were they not listening. Not, not not listening. They were irresponsible. They well, the 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 anti-war protests. I shouldn't say are are not irresponsible. They were the the drug use was irresponsible. Hmm. Um, this was like the hippie movement and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So but it's people, like everybody's people on were the street. Doing, yeah, and, and they were all tripping on the streets, in the parks, in front of kids, in front of families, mm-hmm. and um, you know, just abusing the hell out of this stuff. Yeah, you. C- I could see why they were like they seemed backed into a corner. What do we do? We gotta. Exactly. You know, make this illegal. Nixon Jesus. declared, you know, number one, public enemy number one, dangerous drugs. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's it's talking it's about. Here, it's domestic. It's, 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 but <laughs> it's there, was, there was a lot of drugs back then. The, the hippies were doing a lot of stuff that, yeah. stuff I haven't even heard of. <laughs> like, there was, there's one called STP. What the fuck STP. is STP? Sounds like an STD. <laughs> well, apparently, it was a it was a psychedelic that they were using back then, and um, yeah. you know they were doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I watched. Um, I think it was Vice. Uh, what's that guy? Ham- Hamilton or Hamilton um, Morris. Yeah, he went to talk to this chemist that like lived in a shack, and he was naming all sorts of compounds that they used to make back then in the days of the hippies. It's like, well, Alexander Shulgin. Sasha Shulgin um, was like, you know, he invented MDMA. 
I think it was that guy I think that he went to talk to. I think. It wouldn't have been. I mean, it was like a guy and his wife. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to. I don't know. Forget their names. I don't know when Alexander Shulgin died. Like that's the only time. Like it could have been. Yeah. But um, I know that Hamilton Morrison did. Uh, he he liked Sasha Shulgin a lot. Mm-hmm. Credited for a lot of things. And as a chemist, he, you know, he was brilliant. Yeah. Baby MDMA, you know, got got demonized because of VBEs. You know, it was it showed up in raves and yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst and place you want your. And that's where that's no, where it all started. It's like no, no, you know, we're having having too much fun. Yeah. And the government had to step in. Yeah, just like the hippie movement. You know, well, it was part of it, right? Mm. Man, what a time that would be crazy to live in, but I could see why. Nixon would want to do that, but like, don't do you think it w- they did it a little too overboard? Well, I mean, yeah, you want to give people freedom, but all right, now this is too much freedom. You they just slammed the door. There's on kids everything. around. They slammed the door on everything. Uh, there was a lot of uh, progress in the mental health department before it got out of the lab. Before it, before it hit the streets, they were you know in the fifties and sixties. They were using it in psychotherapy, things that they're discovering that it works for now, mm-hmm. things that they're approving it for use for now. Um, they were doing in 1953, but by 65, it was on the streets and it was it was rampant. But look at look at what happened culturally. We we had a major shift. All of a sudden, people were fed up with what was the way people were being treated. Mm-hmm. They were fed up with guys getting shot up in the war and, by and coming back and we were seeing what was going on on TV and we were fed up with that mm-hmm. and, and we went into protest. And a lot of that was fueled by that, uh, the insights that came from all of that psychedelic use. Yeah. So it was like, but it was very almost like a blossoming of awareness. Exactly, exactly, and and a a blossoming of we're fed up, mm-hmm. and we're not going to do this anymore. Yeah, and that's that's and trickled that down into still. But that was very threatening now. to the government. Mm-hmm. You know, that they were they were seeing just that because people were on the streets and un, un, not in control, they wanted people to you know, go go back to work. What are you doing? Basically, disperse. They, they, it was they, like they, crashing the economy almost. Yeah. The mob mentality got, you know, they, they wanted to get rid of that. And uh, they saw uh, the drugs. They couldn't get rid of that mob mentality. So they saw that the drugs that the mob used, if they criminalized them, mm-hmm. then they could criminalize, then they could arrest those people. Yeah. And you can't arrest someone because they're anti war. But you can't arrest them if they have LSD or marijuana in their right. pocket. And once you arrest them, now they're no longer a voter because they're charged with a felony. So you now essentially so eliminate that person as a as a voting threat and as a um, wow. civil threat. Yeah, that's definitely premeditated. Yeah, it's racist because most of the people that were 
are using pot at the time were the blacks. And they were the ones that were rioting um, for civil rights. That's why then they killed Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> no, they killed Martin Luther King. Yeah, that, that yep. was that was that was well. Someone killed Martin Luther King. Yeah. Someone killed John F. Kennedy. We never know. It seems like the people who always try to bring about the truth, or you know. Hey, listen up. This is, you know, bam, they kill him. But it's, you know, you look at how many people got killed around the Clintons. <laughs> is it is it because it's like, shut up, we're making money. Like, you're going to screw this up. It's part of some kind of, some kind of system. It all goes back to money. It's like almost, it's like, or power, right? Money, money power, and greed, and, and corruption. It's like I've been listening to a lot of punk rock lately I, in in high school. It's like, you know, one of my favorite music and types of music. And it's like a lot of punk rock what they talk about when in their songs is like how, you know, the corrupt government and they try to like bring awareness to just like kind of like the hippies would do. And um it's like with all the stuff that's going on nowadays, it's like this is a great time for punk rock to make an ass- resurgence you know it's like uh, it would it almost seems like that like it just feels like that could happen you know just because of did you um happen to check out that woodstock 99 Uh documentary on netflix Mm -mm. i I was going to but i never got to it check that out yeah okay that was a day well that that was a, a weekend and they were fed up they were those those kids were exposed to the epitome of neglect from the venue and the uh, sanitation, the water supply, the uh, cleanup of trash. I mean, the, the place was was just a just a mess, and they weren't doing anything about it. And these kids paid a lot of money for their tickets for that weekend. And there was a lot of price gouging amongst the vendors. And then um, it was hot. There was no shade. And the water that they were giving them was contaminated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, they just were fed up with it. And they rebelled. And they rioted. And they tore that place apart. Mm. Pretty good documentary. Really? Yeah, wow. it's definitely a good documentary. Is that when Woodstock ended? Did they have any more after? No, but that was a that whole situation became about my opinion because of the venue, because of their their abuse, their their neglect. Um, there should have been uh, cleanup for sure of the of the porta potties. Mm-hmm. Porta potties by the end of day one were already be above maximum. Why they didn't have sanitation trucks coming in and clearing those out, mm. and and, <laughs> and, and like how long is that festival? Three days. Three days. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I've been to three day festivals and it's crazy after yeah. the first day. And then people were breaking the uh, uh, the plumbing and the water was was flooding and the water was flowing down through the uh, porta potties and mixing with the porta potties and then making mud and people <laughs> out there <laughs> oh, playing fuck. in the mud <laughs> and it was like. <laughs> 
It was pretty gross. <laughs> But it's uh, it's kind of interesting. You know, their whole theme was peace, love, and understanding, and the the thing that it just went to shit. It didn't have any peace, love, or understanding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, uh, but you know what? I went to a festival of similar uh, proportions in 1983 called the US Festival, and that was put on by Apple. The Oz Festival. Us. Us Festival. Yeah, and that was put on by Apple, and. When was this? 1983. Memori- oh, Memorial Day, 1983. They had one in 82, and then they had another one in 83. Okay. And uh, I did not, and I was there for three days. I did not see one incidence of violence amongst anybody. I didn't, s- I didn't feel any vibe of hostility. Mm-hmm. It was, that was peace, love, and understanding. Yeah. Um, I drank the water. They had fountains similar to the <laughs> what they had at, at that. Wasn't contaminated. <laughs> it wasn't contaminated. I ne- didn't get sick. I didn't get trench mouth, and uh, you know, there was there was no issues. They would, you, would you like some water? No, I'm good. You good? Okay. They uh, at Woodstock, they took away their water as they came in. They wouldn't let them allow to bring their own water, which who the hell knows who made that decision. So that was the first problem. Yeah. Um, at the US Festival, we brought containers and we brought uh, uh, you know, spray bottles and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, the water that we filled them with was what they provided, but it was, I guess, San Bernardino City water and it was clean enough. Yeah. yeah I don't know what they had out at Woodstock. It could have been well water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It could have been reclaimed rainwater for all I know. But all that porta potty stuff could have went in there too. The porta potties at the US Festival, um, no, I mean it would those were there. those were pretty ripe as well. You oh know, really? You wanted to avoid those, and we did have some mud, mm. but um, sure, it was nothing like. Uh, but there was Woodstock. there was no rebellion. There was no no hostility. When yeah. the show was over, it was over, and you know, it was late, but uh, it was late and it was hot. We it was. 105, 110, I don't even know. Really? It was hotter than shit. But um, we got through it. What kind and of music was it? Heavy metal. Okay. It was, well, the first, first, well, the first day was uh, like the new wave bands, Stray Cats, NXS, the Thompson Twins. Um, I've never heard of any of these yeah. people. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm going to, okay. But the Heavy Metal Sunday was Motley Crue started it off. Okay, Motley Crue. I, I know them. Ozzy <laughs> Osbourne. Okay. Triumph, Judas Priest, okay. Scorpions, and Van Halen. Okay. And Van Halen. Did Van Halen do their, their jump stuff, or did they? It was pre-jump. This was 83. Okay. Jump didn't come out to 84. But, oh, uh, okay. But, um, you know, they, they, were, they were at the top. Okay. They were peaking. They they were pretty wild, and, and then the crowds that went to see them were pretty wild, and it was a it was a wild experience. Is that when they went downhill? Is when they started doing jump? Um. So you caught it right at the, right before. 
I don't know that Van Halen ever needs that. No? No. Uh, I, th- I like everything that Van Halen ever did. Yeah, I, but I think that there wasn't there like a lot of people like hating their new sound. It was, yeah, well, people don't want to. People hate everything. Yeah, they want to <laughs> hate, and they don't want to. They don't want to flow with the changes. Yeah, you know. Oh, people hate that when I when the band like starts switching up or experiment or any musician when they start right. experimenting. Well, oh, they hate it. Well, Eddie Van Halen starts playing keyboards. Yeah. Okay. What the fuck? Where's our rock god? Where's our <laughs> yeah. guitar god? We want to hear. You're doing us a disservice. Yeah, we don't want to hear you playing keyboards. We want to hear playing guitar. Yeah. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> I liked Eddie Van Halen's keyboards, and. I liked the when David Lee Roth left. What are they gonna do? They gotta get another singer. They get Sammy Hagar. Now people hate him because they got Sammy Hagar. Shut up. You see, I like. For me, when it comes to changing the singer, that's when I think I I can't do it. Why? I don't know. It just doesn't. There's bands hit that right. have multiple singers. Look yeah. at the Beatles. Actually, all you know, four like of those guys sang different songs, and you got a different singer on I every one. I actually contradicted myself because there's a band uh, I listen to, Crass, and they've had a girl singer, two uh, two guys sing, like they've, and I've liked it, you yeah. know. So, if it's a it good song, it's a good song, no matter yeah. who's singing it. Yeah, and you like the band enough. There were songs that Sammy Hagar sang that I loved, and there were songs that David Lee Roth sang that I loved. Yeah, and vice versa. I, there were songs. There were songs that I didn't like by both of those guys. But um, yeah. I've liked, you know, everything that they've done, everything that Van Halen. Van Halen was just he was an awesome musician. He was he was in this in the musician world. He was a super athlete. He was yeah. LeBron James. <laughs> yeah. And you know he could he could do everything. He could sing. He could play guitar. He could play drums. He could play bass. He could play keyboards. Anything. Versatile. Anything. He was just just a genius. Yeah. And uh, the world lost a lot when he left. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess I I never looked at it that way. Like how you said, you know, you like songs with David Lee Roth and mm-hmm. you like songs with um but uh cuz there's a band that I listen to called The Casualties, it's a punk band and they switch singers and I immediately just dismiss the whole band. And it's like when I when I heard you say that, it's like, well, maybe I should give give this new singer a shot. Maybe I'll like songs that he made and look at it that way. I I tend to do that with some bands that switch singers, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Well, I don't know why. I guess it's just everybody else does it. So I'm like, all right, yeah. Well, there's some some bands like um, they they'll have like Chicago. I've heard of Chicago. <laughs> <was> yeah. <laughs> suddenly, <laughs> my age suddenly got into it. See, this is a band that came around in 1970. Okay, they they had a lot of different singers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you you've heard of Sticks, right? Yeah. So Sticks has had three three different singers. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And they've had hits with all three different singers. Mm. And the sound. Definitely is different with the different singers, but um, the the music itself is is still the same. And as a musician, you know, I can kind of hear the similarities between the, the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the layperson, it all sounds different because is of the three different singers. The similarities in terms of the how the instruments are playing, being played. The sounds of it's the, the same. Yeah, the, it's the, the same effects people. that the 
See, most guitarists use the same effects mm -hmm. most of the time. Like um, when I listen to Rush's uh, Alex Lifeson, I can I can identify his guitar because he uses, yeah. he uses certain chorus effects yeah. that I recognize. Yeah, I do that with uh, I listen to a, a lot of EDM, electric dance music, and I, I listen to so much of it that I could even hear like just a and I'd be like, oh, that's that guy. Yeah. Like just I just you could there's certain it's hard to explain, but there's a certain sound yeah. you hear that's similar to most you, of you the songs. You hear their characteristics. Mm -hmm. Like I could hear a, a Stevie Ray Vaughan guitar lick mm -hmm. anywhere. You'd be like, oh, that's it. You know, there was uh, <coughs> a uh, benefit show after this tsunami from uh, the Sumatra earthquake back maybe 2010, I think, 2008. Um, the Japan that? earthquake? The Japan tsunami? No, it was what down in the Indian Ocean. Hit uh, Thailand, India, the whole southern coast oh, of no. Asia. I yeah, might have, but yeah, there was a, a big tsunami, and they had a, a relief to you know give money to those people. Mm -hmm. And uh, John Mayer was playing. And John Mayer comes over there. Stage he went over there to at, play at that benefit. Yeah, it was kind of around the world. They were doing it at a lot of different venues, and mm -hmm. they were linking them all up and televising the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And John Mayer is playing this guitar that looks like hell. <laughs> it's all beat up. <laughs> it's a Strat. And it's black and white. And uh, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, you're on a national, uh, international stage. The whole world is looking at you playing your song. Why do you play that beat-up <laughs> old guitar? And he played a lick. And bing! Light went off in my head. Oh, that's Stevie Ray Vaughan's guitar. Oh. Oh, really? Then I thought, oh, you're on the international stage. You've got to play Stevie Ray Vaughan's guitar. There's no way clicked. you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Then it did. Then I had a whole new appreciation so, for the song So you playing. knew it was his guitar because of, Because like of the sound. The sound of yeah, it, really? Yeah. Because, you know, musicians tune their guitars. They use yeah. different pickups. They use different strings. They, they, they alter their guitar sounds to what they want. I thought what you were referring to as what you hear in their sound is how they're playing it. That too. But this in this case in this it was the actual guitar sound. The wow. sound of the you know, just that particular note. Wow. Rang it it, it, it something in my brain connected it. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's Stevie Ray guitar. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. But that was kind of a moment only i got to enjoy it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking around like no, no. one else knows <laughs> well you, you didn't uh, feel the urge to tell it like look over and be like hey you know that guitar up there i think at that time i was watching it by myself and i was like oh man that would have oh, been okay. a cool thing if you, you were, were watching on tv on yeah TV. i was watching on my tv and it just happened to be something that was on and uh, i tuned in and it was quite moving Sarah McLaughlin was on. She she brought me to church. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, with the way she sings in her pet commercials. It might have even been that song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> in the arms of an angel. Right, yeah. It's hilarious. I think it might have been. But she's, she's got to play that one. That's what everyone knows <laughs> her for. 
But everyone's like, play the <laughs> arms of an angel. Yeah. But just as as a musician, she's incredible. Yeah, and especially for that moment. Yeah. me grateful that you know as an american we have systems that protect us from those things mm. the, the whole pacific tsunami warning system if, a, if an earthquake goes off in japan which it does quite often mm. it could generate a tsunami that could hit the west coast of the United really States. all the way over here sure oh that Damn. tsunami that hit that came from sumatra sumatra is Northwest Indonesia. Okay, you got Australia, mm-hmm. and then you got Indonesia's above, above it, it yeah. and then off to the left or off to the west is Sumatra, Big Island. Okay. And about 75 miles off the coast of Sumatra was where that earthquake was centered, mm-hmm. and it caused a, I think it's a 150 foot drop in the sea floor which caused a massive displacement of water because all of that water now had to fill that hole. Oh, shit. And when that happened, it made this enormous splash that sent this pulse out 360 degrees in every direction. And the first place it hit was Thailand, which is right above the center, and just ba-boom. And this pulse creates a river that you can't escape from it's it's just it's you know it's with a river massive. you can get off to the side but there's no side in yeah. this and it's it's just it's just a, a wave that just comes on land and goes in who knows how far yeah depends on the strength wow. of the pulse and yeah uh, it's so crazy how powerful that fucking ocean is you know japan has experienced it enough that they've made uh, channels that the tsunami is supposed to go through Really? How yeah. channels like underwater? No, in their infrastructure. Oh. I remember when the when the tsunami hit Japan uh, a few years ago. People standing up on the ledge, watching all the debris, everything flow underneath. Mm. But um, just ready for it. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, the, the some some places are are taking steps. I notice along Pacific Coast Highway, I see tsunami escape route signs that show, yeah, or, or tsunami warning zone. That God, how, you c- how could you even escape a tsunami? I mean, they have these well warnings. Like how, how would they even warn? Okay, like so, so the tsunami's coming. Yeah. They don't so have, like, those Russian air horns anymore, right? So it's like no, but they, they you get amber alerts on your phone, Oh, right? okay, yeah. That'd Something would go off on your phone and say, you know, tsunami warning. Get the fuck out now. <laughs> yeah, evacuate <laughs> now. And then you get out on Pacific Coast Highway, and now you're wondering, which way do I go? Yeah. Well, if you know that sunset is an escape route, go towards yeah. sunset. That's right. You know, the canyon roads. You know, you want to get to higher ground. Mm-hmm. You want to go up the canyon roads. Yeah. Unfortunately. Does too. <laughs> oh yeah, we're, we're like we're sitting in the middle of a a giant. You know, we're stuck here. If something happens, it'd be hard to get out. Yeah. I think the best place to live is like a couple miles outside of a big city, or at least like I love the being by the coast. But it's like stuff like that, big tsunamis like that is like, oh man. Well, that's 
61 years old in 61 years. I've never heard of a tsunami hitting the hitting yeah, Santa Monica first Pier. For everything. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there is, but you could go, you know, 300 yeah. years, 500 right. years, a thousand years. Yeah, Who the that's hell knows? true. I mean, when it comes to um, nature, anything could happen. I was, you know, I was just talking to my wife the other day about um, the uh, Younger Dryas meteor impact theory, mm-hmm. and meteor could happen at any time for any day at any you know any time of any day and it could totally change everything that guy randall carlson oh yeah randall he scares the shit out of me yeah yeah and and i've showed my dad like when he's like naming off like from 1990 to now like all the near misses yeah i was showing my dad and he was like oh my god i was freaking him out yeah he scares me yeah he was talking about the uh the crescents along Madagascar that are, you know, a thousand feet high, which would crescents? indicate, yeah, these, uh, I'm sorry, chevrons, these these erosion marks that when the wave comes up, it comes up to a peak and then it comes down and it leaves a V, an upside down V on, okay. the, on the hillside. And each time it comes up and it comes, and as, as it recedes, you can see these Vs on the mountainside, okay, and they're a thousand feet high, which means that the, the tidal wave that hit there was a thousand feet high. Oh my God! And that was generated by a, in, a meteor impact in the Indian Ocean. Oh my God! Thousand feet? Yeah. So I was listening to Radio Lab, and they were hmm. talking about um, the impact that killed the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And they said that they found in North Dakota. Where did, w- sorry, where did that uh, meteor hit? It hit off the coast of the Yucatan Peninsula, which is near Cancun. Cancun, okay. So that meteor hit. It was about five miles in diameter, which means that it instantly was 5,000 five. feet deep. And it instantly vaporized a massive amount of rock, which is hard to imagine, rock being vaporized. I mean, heat rock up enough, it's going to melt. It's going to turn into a liquid. Heat it up even more past its boiling point, which who knows what the boiling point of rock is. (laughs) Then it turns into a vapor. Well, all of this massive rock immediately was vaporized and it was blasted out into the atmosphere and then it cooled when it cooled it turned back into rock and it had weight hmm. and <laughs> gravity <laughs> kicked in and now it's coming through it's it's coming back down Fuck. and it's coming back down so fast and it's coming through the atmosphere that it's turning into molten rock Oh so shit. now so you it's got like a ra- uh, it's raining fireballs. Raining fireballs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Volcanic fireballs. How long after the impact did this fireball rain happen? Like oh, was it years or was it like in instantly or uh, not it, instantly, but it probably lasted quite a while. Man. There's a lot of lot of debris going out into the atmosphere. But um, just get up from the rubble after the first yeah. thing in, and then you But in North up. Dakota they found oh, trees. Shit. They found trees with saltwater fish wrapped around them. 
from from the impact. So you see imprinted that into the tree. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so and they're fossilized. So the 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 impact happened oh, off the coast. Oh, okay. Happened off the coast of uh, of Mexico, the Yucatan Peninsula, which is at the southern end of the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Generated a tsunami in the Gulf of Mexico that came on bi- on land, Louisiana, Mississippi, Florida area, mm-hmm. and all the way across the United States to North Dakota <laughs> with enough force to slam that fish into that tree and wrap it around it and make it fossilized. Well, just it fossilized over time, over but time, just, yeah. it just, just embedded it into that tree. Damn. That's wild. And it was not just one or two, a lot of them. And that, that it just gives you a, how big was the tsunami? How big was the tidal wave that came on land that made fossils out of fish? There was no people there around then, but those would have been people sitting in, you know, Biloxi, Mississippi or, <laughs> you know, Mobile, Alabama, <laughs> staring up at a thousand foot tidal wave. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anything can happen anytime. Yeah. And hundred percent. You know, when it comes to nature, I mean <laughs> you would see people on the tree. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fossilized yeah. right in the tree. Yeah. I mean, but uh, the ensuing ice age that follows it. You know, the younger Dryas was a was an impact that um, they think was a series actually I think it was Randall Carlson was saying that he thought it was a series of comet impacts, about ten of them. Yeah, about yeah. Twelve thousand years ago, and which kind of explains why they would have buried Gobekli Tepe. That's what I. Th- that's what I've always thought. I don't I, like. I've hear, heard them talk a lot, and I. I don't think I've ever heard happening. them say that. Maybe they built Gobekli Tepe, and all of a sudden the first impact like, happened, and then they're like, "Oh, the gods are mad now." Yeah. And then the second save impact. It, save it. What, what should we do? Should another impact happened. Yeah. Gods are really mad. Bury it. Yeah. You got to get rid of it. But like, wasn't but that's in Turkey, right? Yeah. So, and these impacts were North America. Who knows? Because uh, didn't they? What Randall Carlson talked about it. Yeah. It was all down there. Yeah. So like, do you think from Turkey they could see these impacts like happen all the way in North or like, but but it happened around the world, right? It wasn't just North America. I think North America is where. He talks about where they hit and moved all that ice down. Well, that could have been the end of the Younger Dryas because there's there's two impact theories. First one started it. First one caused all the debris to go up into the atmosphere. The second one, and once the debris got up in the atmosphere, we went into an ice age and the two-mile sheet of ice built up over Mm. Canada. Oh, so it was like a whole whole other fleet of... Right, so we're in the middle of this ice Asteroids. age, and we got this sheet of ice that covers all of Canada and you know half of North America. Mm-hmm. Now we get another impact, twelve hundred years later, Jeez. over North America that melts the ice sheet and causes the massive flooding that Randall Carlson was yeah. talking about. Yeah, okay. And all that water from that, but then I heard. Dr. Robert Schock talk about it could have been a coronal mass ejection. What's and that? Coronal mass ejection is when the sun 
has a giant storm, and it blows out this massive amount of plasma. Like a solar flare? Well, yes. But like a massive one? Massive one. And um, we had one in the 1800s that caused uh, a tremendous amount of lightning strikes. And a lot of the telegraph uh, stations and the telegraph systems were hit by lightning strikes that ultimately killed telegraph operators. Mm. Many hmm. telegraph operators were killed in that during that. Oh, event. they were killed. Yeah, oh. and that could happen. But Robert Shock was saying um, that it would be like a hurricane of lightning strikes. Robert Shock, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a hurricane of lightning strikes. Huh? Yeah, and anything that's above ground is getting hit by that, and lightning is hot, mm-hmm. and that could have caused. But who knows? Who knows? Something caused that to happen. And um, we had massive flooding that was that is evident all throughout uh, the northern United States through Washington and uh, Montana and Idaho. Yeah. The whole uh, flow <laughs> pattern from, uh, from, from that melt-off. Yeah. I always, like, when I hear about all this stuff, but, like, I just picture the... Ha- the humans going through, they had to go through and live through all of this. You know what I mean? Well, like for sure. Because we've lived for, you know, For sure, the, for the so ones long, that lived 12,000 years at that first impact, um, which they found a crater um, off Greenland that dates back 12,000 years. And they think that that was uh, uh, the, the one that caused that whole Younger Dryas start and they found that from the receding glacier mm-hmm. in Greenland all of a sudden they found out oh there's a giant crater there oh shit so they started investigating and they came up with 12,000 years however they came to those conclusions yeah they say that uh, if you take away all the fo- foliage or you know the green everything like basically flat out the earth it looks like the moon it has a bunch of craters everywhere, yeah. but we don't really see it because there's sure. trees and jungles and sure. all kinds of stuff. Sand is covering up a lot of it. And Bulldozers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they say if you take away all the stuff, it basically yeah. look like the moon. Sure. So, yeah, we've been hit a lot, and, um, you know, it could, could happen again. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Earth passes through the um, torrid meteor stream. Graham Hancock talks about that a lot. And he describes it like trying to cross a interstate highway. Yeah, yeah, I heard him talk about At rush hour. <laughs> and not get Blindfolded, hit. yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> not get hit, right? right? Yeah, yeah, because, like, it passes through. Um, there's, like, a, you know, like a ring of asteroids going yeah. one way or the other. Uh, basically, and, a and our Earth field. goes through <laughs> it, what, like, twice a year? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we go through it Ooh. in October. Uh, it's like a week June, long. It's like yeah, ten days long or something. In June and October, <laughs> and uh, you know, things can happen. And but we know where most of the big ones are, mm-hmm. and we can con- and predict our trajectory as we come around because we yeah. already know because there some of them are still, some of them are just floating out there, and some of them are actually moving. You know. Yeah, I mean, and everything's so far apart. Like it might, it might seem like I mean. It's they use that analogy as a freeway going like going going in an intersection or whatever because it's like that 
more so than you know if we're like not going through that there's like nothing basically but if like if you look at it on a broader scale i guess it's like it seems that way but like it, we're really very very still far apart but it's more of a chance sure way more of a chance well i remember in, in 97 i think it was 97 um the young uh, the uh bop cop there was a comment that they made named hail bop hail bop hail bop h-a-l-e-b-o-p hail bop referring to the guys who discovered it mm-hmm. but you could see it with the naked eye i remember going to I, I used to play hockey early in the morning and we would start at five o'clock in the morning so that meant me getting to the rink at 4 30 4 30 it's pitch black out yeah and i remember looking up in the sky and i could see that comet clear as day what like you know how when we were in hawaii and you'd s- we saw the space station mm-hmm. fly by was it like that clearer clearer was it i mean was it like moving like that or was it uh no it was it, i mean it was moving every day but it, it looked still oh it looked still yeah okay. it was it was up there and, and i was just just amazing where where was it was it a lot of not a lot of light pollution it it was bright enough that i saw it in los angeles oh in los angeles yeah. okay yeah. i mean i was here and um woke up in the morning you know it was dark it was maybe it was maybe there was no moon or anything that night no light pollution from mm-hmm. that or something but uh, i just remember looking up and seeing it and it was clear as day wow and a couple of my buddies were talking about it and the next thing i heard about you know some cult you know heaven's gate cult bunch of people thought there was a spaceship following it or something and oh my god it was there to pick them up and uh, <laughs> of course they had to drink the magic they potion. needed something to believe in yeah. that was there <laughs> they latched onto it <laughs> this is it <laughs> that's crazy uh, yeah i feel uh i feel sorry for the people who get caught up into that whole mindset of very gullible yeah. gullible people well, I think it's we're all on the spectrum of <laughs> no, what we we'll believe, right? <laughs> we're all we're all susceptible to it. Yeah, we might we might believe a story from a good time, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think so for sure. Anybody can. I mean, we all have our beliefs. We got yeah. essentially conned into those. Well, not conned, but you know what I mean. But I think that the the internet and the abuses of the internet have taught us to be wary of bullshitters mm-hmm. and yeah anybody's a potential bullshitter so everybody should be be treated with a level of wariness and this until goes they prove themselves this goes back to what i was saying like nowadays we distrust the government more because we're more aware of like you know what i mean we're more aware of their abuses and mm-hmm. where they've abused us in the past and didn't admit to it. And yeah. You know, hey, wait a minute. You guys have been doing this for years. Yeah, it's fucked up. But it's I'm glad it's getting noticed, you know. Then some real change will start happening. It's like change doesn't really happen until somebody's pushed in a corner, unfortunately. You know, it's like we have to wait till. And even then, you know, who knows? Sometimes people demand change. Then it goes back to business as usual. Yeah, unfortunately. You know, look at the look at the we too. I uh, meant the me too. Me too. Yeah. You know, they were they were all about you know exposing everything for a minute. The whole women's movement, and they overturned 
no, when when Trump got into office mm-hmm. and the woman movement started and they stormed Washington D.C., there was a million women out there in the streets, mm-hmm. pissed off as hell. Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade. Where are the women? Mm. There was a little bit of noise, a couple couple protests here and there that I heard about, but I thought. They overturn Roe versus Wade. They take that right away from the women. Mm-hmm. Women are going to be so mad, they're going to be in the streets right? like they did in Washington, D.C. Didn't no, happen? Didn't happen. You were, so you were like expecting, like, oh, here it that comes. Yeah, I expected them to. Yeah. Yeah, didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Um, it, it takes a lot of work, you know. Yeah. Got to get on a plane. I wonder if it's <laughs> just like. Why yeah. Washington, D.C.? <laughs> Pay for a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> People don't got the time or the money anymore. But they did it in '96, uh, in uh, 2016, mm. when, they, when they were protesting Trump. They came from all over the place. Trump's just that hated, huh? I guess. They take away their right to have an abortion, and they don't really care. I can't. Because I mean, yeah, it's like because everybody that I talk to, or everybody you know that I hear it from, they're really sad about it. But yeah, like no yeah. one did anything about it. I mean, I wonder why. Maybe it's just because everyone's just given up on like, ah, there's there's no way it'll change anyway. Or it's the people Whatever, you're talking screw to. Whatever, it, tired. Yeah, the people you're talking to live in California, where we can still get it. But if you're true. living in Louisiana, that's true. That's true. But if you're talking to someone who lives in Louisiana or Alabama, mm-hmm. they can't. They can't get it. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Now they're gonna have to have. Now they're gonna have to get another plane ticket to. <laughs> yeah, or have a kid they didn't want. Yeah. Or you know whatever, but it's still it's 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 an erosion of freedom. That's a huge freedom thing. Yeah. It's like. What was it like? Being fought for fifty, seventy years or something like that. I think they, I think the initial uh, declaration was seventy-two or seventy-three, something like that. It's a long time for nothing to happen, or to go backwards, well, essentially. It just took enough uh, commotion for enough years, and then sway five people. Because it, ca- it ultimately came down to those five people, those five judges. Yeah, it's. I think is that the problem? Is those guys that they're in there too long? I uh, mean, you know, they they are following a political agenda. Yeah, I don't know that they're following. You know, what what was their? You know, you, you look at any of them, and they're all so politically motivated, and they, and they get they get appointed by politicians and career politicians. Yeah, I mean, Trump appointed three of them. <laughs> three of them, and they all three voted to take it away, yeah. to deny that freedom. Yet they're the party that to be the patriots they're the ones that are supposed to be the freedom party you know the they're republicans the, yeah, they're, yeah. The, they're the whole prop you know the, uh, the whole second amendment party did like a know? whole switch happen well it's it's like it's like i said i've made the joke before in texas they're all about freedom mm-hmm. until someone breaks out of jail yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's that, that motherfucker's smoking pot. Yeah, what's Lock that? Lock that motherfucker up. <laughs> yeah, they're all about freedom until someone That's breaks funny. out a joint. Yeah, what is that? That's weird. I, you would think they would be the one of the first states to. You would think that Texas 
of all places yeah. would support your right <laughs> to smoke pot cannabis. That's probably going to be the last state, too. Well, They're their own country. You know, and, uh, and, you know, Rogan goes over there and he talks about the freedom. And it's like, mm. yeah? What if you get caught with mushrooms? Yeah. In Dallas, Texas. What mm. is the penalty? Going down. What, 20 years? You're going down. Really? You think? Well, Just for a little bit? 20 years for pot. Yeah, it'd be a lot worse. Yeah, you'd, you'd think. think. Yeah. Man. Crazy. Mm. Crazy. Drug laws. Yeah, goes all the all comes sure. back to, to drug laws. And and to the war me, on drugs. For me, I like I mean I don't I don't do any of those hard drugs. I don't do prescription drugs. I don't really do anything but I smoke some pot. Mm-hmm. I like mushrooms. All I like, natural. I like ayahuasca. Those are like the only three things that I do. They're all natural. I mean, everything's natural technically, but you know what I mean. But for me, all three of those things facilitate my communion with God. Mm. Particularly mushrooms. Mushrooms, I hear a voice. It talks to me. Mm-hmm. And I've thought about many mushroom trips and many conversations that I've had with this voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, what is this voice that I keep hearing? And my conclusion, it's God. Mm-hmm. And it's made, having that ability kind of gave my brain the plasticity to be able to hear that same voice in my non-high states my normal states i can mm-hmm. still hear that voice i still have those conversations not as much but i can still hear that conversation right. but um that's a very sacred thing to me sure that's that's something that is 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 something so so much deeper than even freedom mm-hmm. is that ability to have that communion with god and and whatever that is and that in no way when I'm sitting in a dark room with music on, mm-hmm. that in no way is it impacting anyone else sure. on the planet and is not imposing any any restriction on anything. And it's a fundamental freedom that mm-hmm. that is denied. But get off that freedom. Box, but, um, you hear that, Texas? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it facilitates that communion with God. Yeah. And it's a commu- it's a connection to God that I have not been able to find in any church, in any um, retreat, with any level of uh, self-improvement, yeah. yoga, meditation. None of it has it, – it is unique amongst it, its own. And yeah. ayahuasca – Although it's different, it facilitates a same communion right. with God. Yeah. Yeah, that's always a positive thing. Always, I well, think. I mean, it, it again, people think that's wrong and it's because it's demonized. And But I think the more awareness, you know, that we get out about it, like we were talking about psilocybin becoming decriminalized and things like that. It does help a lot of people therapeutically. It really does. 
and that's well there's one thing something that's there's one thing that um you know i just it just occurred to me that um shouldn't be um i don't want to say decriminalized but it should all be decriminalized but and there's a lot of talk about um legalizing a lot of these um, psychedelic plants mm-hmm. and there's been uh, a lot of pushback by native americans to not legalize peyote because they're worried that the legalization of peyote will lead to the overconsumption mm. of the plant and like ruin it spiritually who would make it go extinct mm. they, that's what they're worried about because it will become so popular that everybody's right. going to eat it all up Uh-oh. and it stuff grows really slow and there's only a limited supply of it yeah and they want to keep it uh illegal I can so see why. So that people won't come yeah. in and harvest it all. Yeah, because that's part of their whole thing, or their whole it's ritual, and it's, it's it. you know their culture. But um, the San Pedro cactus, on the other hand, which contains the same psychoactive drug, Me- mescaline, mescaline uh, is more than readily abundant. Oh, is it? Oh, it's the San Pedro cactus is everywhere. Oh, okay. They're just of worried home about their gardens that have San Pedro cactus. Oh, okay. In, in, and the the psychoactive effects are the same. But now so what? Uh, they're they just don't like the San Pedro cactus. They don't, or they're just worried about their certain strain of. They want to preserve the peyote. The oh, okay. They want to preserve the peyote, and so peyote and mescaline are just there's almost the same, just slightly different. Well, peyote is the plant. And mescaline is the alkaloid okay. that it contains. But the San Pedro cactus contains the same alkaloid. Mm. Well, I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if there's an abundance of the San Pedro cactus, why shouldn't they just not be worried that there's an abundance? Well, legalize the San Pedro cactus, but don't legalize me- or the uh, peyote. They want to keep it illegal so that people won't harvest it. And if if the San Pedro is legal and the uh, well, the San Pedro is already legal. If it remains illegal, then anyone who wants mescaline has a source, mm-hmm. and they don't have to go to peyote to get that. Mm. I see. But, and I think that that we should use, uh, we should observe. And use things that are sustainable, like the mescaline from the, the San Pedro. Also, um, the 5-MeO DMT that mm-hmm. they get from the Sonoran Desert Toad Frog. Uh, the frog. Uh, the yeah. desert, desert Frog. That's a toad. Um, that's a desert toad? I thought it was a, like a jungle toad or something. No, it's a, it's a Sonoran Desert Toad. Mm. And it has... Uh, Glands that um, secrete a venom that has. Is that the one where they burn on you? No, that's that's the tree frog in uh, South America. Oh, okay, okay, I'm mixing them up then. Yeah, the, the Sonoran Desert uh, toad has little packets, little uh, glands on its skin mm-hmm. that have this white milky venom that they secrete to protect themselves. Well. If you milk them, 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, put that stuff on glass and let it dry, and then spray it to smoke it. It gives you a five minute opening tea experience, but that's not sustainable. We need more sources of. Can't just farm all these frogs and. Yeah, I mean it's it's very harmful. Well, it's not necessarily harmful, but it's stressful on the toads. Sure. Yeah. And um, there's only so many toads. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> the the demand for toad venom is really quite high. A lot of people want to do that. Yeah. But they used to sell it online, right? Well, they're synthetic sources. And okay. Um, but they're drug along. Mm. Yeah, no. Again, yeah. the drug war. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It all leads back yeah. to that. All these people that want to have the five meo DMT experience can't do it because the government says no. Mm. You, you, you. I know you're grown adults and you pay a lot of taxes <laughs> and you live yeah. productive, useful lives, but no, you can't have that. Yeah, that's crazy. It, it is crazy. Yeah. Someday it's changing. You know, slowly. Hopefully, it, yeah. I think it is. I think it's moving in that direction. Well, Feels like it, right? At, at least on the state level. Yeah, it you know. starts but there. You know, it's interesting. Oregon passed the uh, psychedelic legalization. Yet now, more and more counties in Oregon are banning psychedelic services. And it makes me wonder, where did all these people come from that passed the original ordinance? Hmm. That, you know, were they all Portland? Were they all, you know, coming from the metropolitan cities? And now all of the rural counties, you know, around the state are saying, no, we don't want that here. I don't know where all the pushback is coming from. But... um, I think that uh, probably I would say probably the royal royal areas. Well, that, that makes sense. Yeah, but that's going to be the the I guess poster board of where the psychedelic movement will. Uh, be they going. don't want the look. Well, I think that they 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 have the or they will have the clinics there that will facilitate those services. And I think that there's still a lot of stigma. Right. Yeah. And and people will associate those kind of clinics with like methadone clinics mm. or you know, junk. But they have methadone clinics. Oh, okay. I see. There's they're they're just and there's just a negative stigma. Right. Right. Okay. I see what you're those, saying. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well. But I. I think it just needs to take time. Unfortunately, these things take fucking forever. I think just I think the new generation needs to get older. The older generation needs to move on, yeah, and I things change that way. I have a mental picture of of what those places could look like. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had a place in Colorado, at this, or even uh, in Hawaii, I s- I really saw it when we were in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Lush gardens. A lot of water, little you know, little fountains and waterfalls, and mm-hmm. you know, a place that is cool, comfortable, warm, friendly. Yeah, that's what you want for sure. Nature and a nice chaise lounge, you know, type of setup with mm-hmm. blankets and what have you. And then someone comes out 
and they give you a dose, and you put on the eye shades, and you pull down the ear, you know, the, the headphones, music comes on, or maybe you don't do the eye shades, uh, and, you, would be and the you watch the sunset. Yeah. And, and you watch this beautiful sunset, and as the sun goes down, and the colors in the sky, and everything, and four hours, and somebody, you know, hanging out in case something happens and you need some help there's there's supervision see like but if you look at the weed laws of hawaii it's not legal like california yet it's still you need a medical prescription so i don't know if it would something like that would ever start in hawaii actually i i I get this publication uh, called microdose Uh and it is basically a news update service and uh, tell they tell me about you know what states passing what laws and what state what who's doing what mm-hmm. and Hawaii actually I think is about making is making movements toward uh, at least decriminalizing psychedelics. Oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. Even before they go weed legal. Maybe. Maybe they maybe have to medical, go through that first. Maybe medical psychedelics. Something like that. Some type of, I think they're looking at Oregon. They're looking at that possibility. I think a lot of people are looking at those possibilities because they want the revenue. Yeah. And they, that could be, if they legalized it and insurance accepted it, it's a win-win for everyone. That's what I was going to say. It's a win-win. It's like, and it's good for the state. It it's good for the health of the people. And, but, you know, I see documentaries now where they're starting to do psychedelic therapy mm-hmm. and it shows a person laying in a hospital bed with two people sitting <laughs> next to yeah him. you don't want to be in a, a setting like and that it's right just, it's yeah, like doing it, it, a psychedelic with the, with the lights experience. on and you know the, the yeah, fluorescent lights over and i just like <laughs> what a terrible place yeah. to trip yeah you know, I, thought, I don't think you'd want that anybody would want that like you were describing a hawaii just yeah so so i started thinking about what could you do differently well, give me a give me a plush garden yeah. that overlooks the ocean at sunset, yeah, and call it a day. Feels so government when you're in a fucking hospital room. Yeah, it's like, oh my. And and how how cold and and, you'd and be more, unconnected. Yeah, you'll be more worried about. I think you need a nice surrounding. Like you need you to be connected to nature. Yeah, and and just being outside, amongst the plants and the sky and the earth and the air and. That's just a much better environment than in, in a hospital room. Yeah, 100%. Which I thought was just, you guys. <laughs> they're, they're Doing it all wrong here. Yeah, there's a lot of room <laughs> for innovation, and, and I like that innovation yeah. possibility. You just don't want them to overstep or go the wrong direction Well, just with just a good thing. But you can offer something. If it's legal, then, then, then that type of service becomes available. Mm. Now, is that kind of service going to be denied in those counties in Oregon? Of just of providing a facility, and and yeah. people could, average Joe, could go to a place like that, with his own mushrooms. Yeah, I want to I want to lease that chair. For six hours at <laughs> sunset. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that'll <laughs> be two hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and then you know, lease. No, I'll, I'm just I'm just providing a chair. Yeah. I'm not providing drugs. I'm not providing anything. I'm just providing yeah. a chair. 
Share with a view. I'm not even providing the sunset. That that comes natural. Right. <laughs> I, I water the plants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I trim them back, and I I clean the the sheets on the on the chair. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and provide the music and the ambiance. Yeah, yeah. That that would be wonderful. Well, but all right, Greg. I think uh, I got a tattoo appointment coming up, so I think that we're gonna sweet call that a. A note there. What are you getting? And, uh, I think I'm just going to get some filler over here. I'm going to kind of fill this in with some sun rays. Kind of, you cool. know, connect everything. Cool. Yeah. I've been checking a lot, a lot of tattoos, don't worry. Do you want to yeah. get one? No, no. No? You're but just, I love tattoo art. Looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I see people with, with tattoos, and, and I want to look at it. You know, sometimes you don't want to you don't want to be embarrassed and, you know, hey, man. Let me see your tattoo. Right, yeah. But, but <laughs> I kind of like if I see something that catches my eye that looks like mm -hmm. it's like it's complicated. Yeah. It's like, hey man, let me check out your tattoo. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't see. People are just they're, oh, they're yeah, proud. They'll, they'll, they'll pull up their sleeves like check. they can't wait to show you. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but actually, I did see one tattoo that was at Show Ink Masters. Uh huh. And this one chick, baby something. She did a. Jaguar mm. that I could see on my thigh. That was awesome. It looked like like you could see it yourself. It, it looked it. yeah. It looked like a photograph, and I said, "Really? Oh, that would look so cool on my thigh." Yeah, but ayahuasca uh, jaguar. <laughs> yeah, it was, but it was it was beautiful. Yeah, my my mom really likes that show too. Get stuck watching it with her sometimes. Awesome. It's interesting, and yeah. And I like I like the creations. I mean, sometimes they screw up. Yeah. And that's that's you don't <laughs> want to be the person that they screwed up on. Right. I mean, even though you they screw up, I mean, still they're good still artists. Good. And and sometimes they're more critical than they need to be. Yeah. Sometimes they're you know you look at a, a great tattoo, and then they'll take the shit out of it. Yeah. It's still. And then you start noticing it, and you're like, oh, it is bad. <laughs> but no, it's not but, even. But it's not, it's not even yet. that. It's 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 their opinion of what was good. Yeah. My opinion is so that's there, an awesome yeah, it's tattoo. Yeah, it's subjective, right? Yeah. 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 But um, I I I like that kind of art. Yeah. And, and the things that some artists come up with. I saw some uh, Frank Frazetta tattoos. You know who Frank Frazetta was? Mm -mm. Frank Frazetta was a guy back in the seventies that did this, like Conan Barbarian kind of art. Okay. I think he did. The, the artwork for Conan. Oh, really? Okay. And it he was, was also a tat tattoo artist? or He's just, his art became oh, popular art. in the tattoo oh, art okay. world. And there was this chick that was on, there was a, a female on a, on a, I think it was a guy's shoulder, pretty pretty big shoulder, of her with a sword, and she's like yeah. just about to swipe. And <laughs> that, that whole Frank Rosetta artwork. Oh uh, yeah, that's cool. With the skulls everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, alrighty. Oh, um, glad you came, man. This Thank was you. awesome, man. Yeah. I'd love I to have you come back again and anytime. Love conversating with you. Yeah. I dig it too. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you. All right, everybody. See you later. See ya.